Monday, May 1st, 2023. You are listening to Weather with Enthusiasm. For those of you that keep Sphira, the music on this podcast is background music. When you hear that sound, that means something educational is about to be said or was just said. Today is the 25th day of Sphira Saomer. In the lunar calendar, today is the 10th day of ER. This means that the full moon will occur in five days. We're about to cover the weather for the next several days here in the United States. For those of you who think that winter is gone, not only has it not gone, there has never been a time this season where winter has had a more firm grip over this country than as we currently speak. The only reason why it may not seem like that is because we're into the surface temperatures. That's what we feel. That's what it. But you go into the upper atmosphere. We have phenomenal stuff going on. Probably the greatest indicator of this. Probably there's is what's going on in Florida and what has been going on in Florida. Florida usually does not get hail. Within thunderstorms, they don't get the hail. And that's because temperatures are not cold enough. Even in the upper atmosphere, it's not cold enough. But we're talking about even January, February. There's no hail over there. Texas gets tons of hail. Florida doesn't get it. But over the past several days, hail, at least the end of last week, hail has been falling with thunderstorms. Now, this is not the only reason why there has been hail falling with the thunderstorms. There's an additional reason as well, which further hides the fact that winter is going on strong in the upper atmosphere. That's due to a cap that has been developing. That's the type of thing that develops here in the Midwest and in the plains. A cap develops preventing thunderstorm formation, and then the cap breaks later in the day, which allows temperatures to heat up higher than what they normally would be, so that when the thunderstorms finally do develop, they're much more powerful, much more instability. That's another reason why there is hail. I believe I read there were even a couple tornadoes in the Florida area over the past several days. So (laughs) we're going on strong over here, but in case that's not a good indicator to you, the amount of snow that's falling right now in the upper Midwest is stuff that you wouldn't believe. It's We're talking of the National Weather Service yesterday said a few more feet, a few more feet of snow is expected by Tuesday morning for some of these places up in the upper Midwest. This was on top of what already has fallen, 6 to 12 inches. Totally phenomenal stuff going on in the upper Midwest. We went through a week around Pesach time, a week of just beautiful weather here in the Midwest and the East Coast. There was an exception to that, and the exception to that was the last two days of the holiday in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Not only that, but really all along the Gulf Coast. At the same time, we do have 
Baruch Hashem, we have the summer heat starting to develop off on the West Coast. We have in the desert southwest, Phoenix, Arizona, hit 100 degrees yesterday for the first time this year. That actually is normal. They're right on time. I mean, on time to the dot would be May 2nd. So that is considered normal to be two days early. I mean, that's normal. And then you, we also have a heat wave that has been taking place. It came to an end by now. But it was going on in the Northwest Pacific. And records were broken. Not only that, we had some record-shattering heat. where Records were broken by more than five degrees up in that area. We even had some places in Oregon that went into the low 90s. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank you, crowd, for that. That was, that's great. 90 degrees. We're going to hopefully see a lot more of that. Now, the question is, what's going to be going on this week? What's going to happen? When is the Midwest, the upper Midwest, finally, when is it going to happen where these snowstorms finally stop? So, I saw on the European computer model another storm system developing, actually two of them, one for the weekend and one for early next week. Both of them, from the model that I saw, does not, neither one of them contains snow on the backside, and that's a tremendous accomplishment. The first one, however, is a weaker system, so that's not really such a big deal. But the second system is a normal storm system, which will be moving across the Midwest about a week from today, and there is no snow on the backside. At least that's not what it shows right now. So that might be, it could be, the first storm might be, it could be. The first storm this season where there's no snow on the backside. You would have to ask either uh, <laughs> someone from the National Weather Service up there or someone who's living there to know if that's really true. There's a much higher chance of that being true by a stronger storm. The stronger storms have been pulling off snow continuously, weekly storms at least, since January. And some of these weeks, we've had two snowstorms a week of six inches. In fact, cities up there are breaking records all over the place. Seasonal records, 130 inches, 100 in, it's unbelievable stuff what's going on up there. Meanwhile, we know on the East Coast there was a snow drought. You add the word drought, it sounds like a, a, a severe event, but I, I don't know how severe that is. But you know, the storm system, we have a powerhouse storm system moving up in regards to precipitation, moving up the coast this week, producing heavy rainfall. And one has to wonder if this would be forming a month or two ago, if this would be falling as snow. We have a totally different situation right now than what we had a year ago in regards to tons of stuff, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. But for right now, let's go back to that heat on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest and the Desert Southwest, 
we've had this heat, and the question is, where is it going to go? Because here in the Midwest, we really want that heat to come here. Heat, that type of heat, this time of the year, would translate here in the Midwest, just beautiful weather. That's what it would translate to once you add in that the corn crop humidity. Or even if the corn crop is not going strong yet, especially since we had a freeze warning, which was in effect for Nebraska last night. We've had at least the second freeze warning of the year for Baltimore, Maryland. The, the effect this has on agriculture, you know, I, it's, it feels like every year, though, we go through a time where there's a freeze warning. But that heat, a 90-degree heat, would translate to temperatures in the 70s, probably, by the time it would hit the Midwest, like St. Louis or Chicago. So... What happens is it hits Montana on Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, we have temperatures going up into the 70s and even the 80s for Montana. Temperatures in Colorado are probably going to go well into the 80s. I wouldn't be surprised if a temperature hits 90 degrees in some locations in Colorado. The National Weather Service points out that people have to... Uh, be aware that the water temperatures of these rivers and lakes is really cold this time of the year. So people looking to get relief from the heat by jumping in water, it's extremely dangerous. In fact, the National Weather Service in the past has informed us that that's actually more dangerous than the heat itself. So that's super dangerous stuff. We have a ridge, a ridge in the jet stream producing heat. For Colorado, Wyoming, it's called the Intermountain Region, going all the way up into Montana. That's where the heat moves to. It, I don't know where it's at today, because but it, that's where it develops strong for Tuesday and Wednesday. That heat then moves off to the east. It hits the Midwest. By Thursday, we have temperatures warming up into the 70s for locations where uh, temperatures were much cooler beforehand. But Friday is when the heat really gets going over in the plains. By Friday, we have temperatures widespread, some areas of widespread 90s possible in Oklahoma, some 90s possible in Kansas. And Nebraska has a tendency to pull off some 90s in these types of situations, especially North Plate, Nebraska. That city has a, they, they do phenomenal stuff in that city. I don't know how it does it, but it does it. So you have to wonder whether it's going to hit 90 degrees in North Plate, Nebraska, this upcoming Friday. That storm system moves across the Midwest over the weekend. Once that storm system moves through, cooler temperatures could move through. But it really looks like the second storm system is probably going to be the stronger one. And that would probably bring in the real cooler temperatures. And that one's not moving through until Monday or maybe even Tuesday of next week. I don't really know what's happening in regards to temperatures. A cooling trend would make sense for Shabbos, but especially Sunday, but even more so by Wednesday. But it's tricky. Because ahead of these uh, low-pressure systems, you get south winds that bring in the warmer temperatures. So we're kind of we're going to be behind the low-pressure system on Sunday, but we're ahead of another low-pressure system. So we might have a one-day cool-down, something like that. For us living in Chicago, <laughs> we have a big problem, and that's called Lake Michigan. So the winds 
are always going to be off of Lake Michigan this week. At all times, there's going to be at least a lake component to the wind until you get to about Friday, perhaps Saturday, Friday or so, when the winds finally become southwest. We're going to see warm temperatures nonetheless because winds will be from the south, southeast. Temperatures will go into the 60s at least, but I think the real warmth that the rest of the Midwest will be enjoying, that's not going to come until Friday, where temperatures should soar into the 70s in many locations in the Midwest going into the 80s. The biggest shocker over here is something that one has to look into more is to see whether lake effect snow will be falling as an accumulating snow over portions of northern Indiana. The National Weather Service says no. There always could be an isolated spot that manages to pull it off, but you have we have we do have lake effect snow going on right now. Now here let's go over into the summer. Let's just talk about the summer for a moment. Because this is very crucial. You know, we have something called the 11-year solar cycle. That means things tend to match up every 11 years. And here's the thing. 11 years ago, back in the year 2012, we had a major drought and a major heat wave. Actually, in some locations, it was the hottest July on record such as in St. Louis, Missouri, perhaps Chicago as well. That was in 2012. That was 11 years ago. So the question is, if things match up every 11 years, are we going to have something similar for this year in this summer? That's difficult to say because we have so many other variables going on right now. The solar activity reaches its peak the experts say in the summer of 2024 or perhaps 2025 and then we go into the next solar cycle. We've been under a La Nina weather pattern for the past three years. This summer we're not going to be under a La Nina weather pattern. The significance of that just means that the summer might be different. People have to realize we have something called the Mal... I think it's called the Malbury winter. Maybe the Blackberry winter. the blackberry winter that comes up every year here in the midwest on may 11th we have the blackberry winter so no matter how much we warm up and we're going to warm up but there's something called the blackberry winter where the final push of cold air happens around may 11th (laughs) then after that things finally warm up Last year, we actually got a heat wave by right before May 11th, and that basically took care of all the winter weather. Uh, last year, we had also the April. We had very cold air in the upper atmosphere, record cold in the upper atmosphere, similar to this year, but things it did not affect the summer at all. Everything disappeared actually very quickly, and we ended up having many locations one of the hottest summers, especially for places like Oklahoma and portions of Texas. Thank you for listening. I wish everyone a wonderful week. Have a great day. You've been listening to the podcast, Weather with Enthusiasm. 
podcast will be updated, Blinander, later on today. This trailer was updated at the very end of January 2023. We have two things going on. We have evaporative cooling, and we also have dynamic cooling, and the two are coming together to produce a major snowstorm in the deep south. The only time you could blame cold air on climate change is when it's a result of the stratosphere warming, which is what causes all the Arctic air to come down south. The way to get a six-inch snowstorm here in the Midwest and in the Southern Plains has always been you need three ingredients. It's hard to believe the numbers that are being forecasted. Several additional feet of snow is expected by Monday morning. Yes! Hey, we have a special guest on our show. Uh, what is your name? 27.1 parametric pressure. Feet of snow are falling in Japan. Oh That's the time of celebration. Just Google weather with enthusiasm, and they're all going to come up. We now take you to the National Weather Service portion of this program. You're listening to weather from the National Weather Service. Following our snowfall records, Duluth, Minnesota, snowfall records go back to 1885, about 137 full seasons of history as of 2022 to 2023. Snowfall observations have been taken at the property now known as the Duluth International Airport since 1941 with various locations closer to Lake Superior before this time period. The snowiest season on record was this past season. 2022 to 2023, reporting 140.1 inches as of 1 p.m. April 30th. The other top 10, 1995 to 1996, 135.4 inches, 1949 to 1950, 131.8 inches, 2013 to 2014, 131.8 inches, 1996 to 97, 128.2, 68 to 69, 121 inches, 88 to 89, 119.1 inches, 1970 to 71, 116.9, 64 to 65, 110.9 inches, 1993 to 94, 110.4 inches, and number 12 is 2003 to 2004, 109.9 inches. International Falls, Minnesota, the... Um, tw- this season is not on the list. Their snowiest season on record is 2008-2009 at 125.6 inches. And as of right now, they're holding at 84.6 inches as of 7 a.m. April 28th. Number 10 on the list is 1974-75 and 96.5 inches. Brainard, Minnesota. Snowiest season on record was this past season. Snowfall records go back to 1948. As of 7 a.m. April 28th, total was 89.3 inches. Second place is 80.6, set in 1996 to 1997. Spooner, Wisconsin, this season is number three on the list with 94.4 inches. The runner, the one which is number two, took place a very long time ago in the 1800s 
1898-1899-95.5 inches, but none of these winters come anywhere close to the winter of 2013-2014, where 126.2 inches of snow fell. For Bayfield, Wisconsin, the snowiest season on record is this year. It shattered all other records. Data go back to 1939. 2022 to 2023 season this year as of 7 a.m. April 28th 182 inches the runner-up is only 150 inches set back just about 10 or 9 years ago 2013 to 2014 the following was issued by Buffalo New York National Weather Service a 28.9-inch low over eastern New York State will lift northwest and phase with a 29.1-inch low in the vicinity of the Georgian Bay this afternoon. The, re the resulting expansive deep low of 28.8 inches will then move east across Lake Ontario Tuesday while weakening to 29.3 inches. This low will remain nearly stationary across Lake Ontario Tuesday night before weakening to 29.5 inches as it drifts off the east coast by Wednesday night. A 30.5-inch high over the Hudson Bay on Thursday with an extended ridge of 30.2 inches across the Great Lakes into the weekend. Hazardous weather outlook for the Chicago area Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesday night, elevated freeze risk. Wednesday night, limited frost risk. For today, northwesterly winds will gust up to 45 miles per hour. This is especially true near and west of Interstate 39. The following is from the National Weather Service and consists of the latest rainfall reports from the East Coast, which is highest in New Jersey right now. These reports were taken last night around 9.30 p.m. Bergen County, New Milford, is reporting 4.29 inches. Essex County and Newark reporting 5.05 inches. Hudson County and Harrison, 5.63 inches. Passaic County and Clifton, 3.42 inches. Union County, Newark Airport, 5.12 inches. In Kings County, in Sheepshed Bay, 5.27 inches. Nassau County, in North Massapequa, 2.97 inches. In New York, Manhattan, Washington Heights, 5.95 inches. In Manhattan, 5.11 inches. In Central Park, 4.70 inches. Orange County, Middletown, 2.2 inches. Putnam County, and Mehapak, 2.99 inches. Queens County, New York City, LaGuardia, 5.37 inches. JFK Airport, 3.34 inches. Staten Island, Richmond County, 3.31 inches. Another reading, 3.13 inches. And another reading, 2.52 inches. Rockland County and Bardonia, 3.14 inches. Suffolk County and Blue Point, 3.29 inches. 
Westchester County and Rybrook, 3.58 inches. I believe these are 72-hour reports from the past 72 hours, but Fairfield County in Connecticut, Stamford, 3.3 inches, Middlesex County in Connecticut, 1.3 inches, New Haven County, 2.18, New London County, 1.46, uh, Bergen we did Bergen County already. Following is the New York, the Manhattan County National Weather Service forecast. Mostly cloudy, then becoming mostly sunny this morning. This is for today, Monday, May 1st. Then becoming partly sunny. Slight chance of showers early, then a chance of showers this afternoon. Highs in the low 60s. Winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Gusts to 25. Chance of precipitation 30%. Tonight, partly cloudy in the evening, then becoming mostly cloudy. 40% chance of showers, lows in the upper 40s. Southwest winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Cooler tomorrow, showers likely highs in the mid-50s. Chance of rain 70%. Tuesday night, chance of showers in the evening, lows in the mid-40s. Chance of rain 50%. Wednesday, mostly cloudy, chance of showers in the morning, then showers likely in the afternoon. Highs in the mid-50s, chance of rain 70%. Wednesday night, mostly cloudy, showers likely. Mainly in the evening, lows in the mid-40s, chance of rain 70%. Thursday, mostly cloudy with a 40% chance of showers, highs in the upper 50s. Thursday night, chance of showers in the evening, lows in the mid-40s, chance of rain 40%. Friday, sunshine finally, partly sunny, highs in the upper 50s. Friday night, mostly cloudy in the evening, then becoming partly cloudy, lows in the mid-40s. Saturday, shop is mostly sunny with highs in the mid-60s. Saturday night, partly cloudy, lows around 50 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny and warmer, highs around 70 degrees. Chicago National Weather Service, windy today with some rain and snow mix north of Interstate 88. Highs ranging from 43 to 53. Tomorrow, breezy a few p.m. showers. Tiny bit of sunshine, highs 48 to 56 degrees. Wednesday, low 50s near the lake, but low 60s well inland. Thursday, mid 50s near the lake, but 70 degrees well inland. Friday, mid 50s near the lake, but 70 degrees well inland. Overnight lows in the 40s, Thursday night and Friday night, but in the 30s the rest of the week. A freeze risk is possible Tuesday night with frost Wednesday night. Today's rain is forecasted to stop this evening. You've been listening to weather from the National Weather Service. This trailer was updated at the very end of January 2023. We have two things going on. We have evaporative cooling and we also have dynamic cooling and the two are coming together to produce a major snowstorm in the deep south. The only time you could blame cold air on climate change is when it's a result of the stratosphere warming, which is what causes all the Arctic air to come down south. 
The way to get a six-inch snowstorm here in the Midwest and in the Southern Plains has always been you need three ingredients. It's hard to believe the numbers that are being forecasted. Several additional feet of snow is expected by Monday morning. <gasps> yes! Hey, we have a special guest on our show. Uh, what is your name? Kitabis. 27.1 parametric pressure. Feet of snow are falling in Japan. Oh my gosh. That's a time of celebration. Just Google weather with enthusiasm and they're all going to come up. Tuesday, May 2nd. You are listening to Weather with Enthusiasm. We have a very exciting situation that's headed for the Midwest for next week. This is the first time that I've noticed it for this year. High humidity with dew points approaching 70 degrees in southern Illinois, along with temperatures going up into the mid-80s, is forecasted to happen according to the European computer model. Chicago area has a very interesting situation going on for next Tuesday. In fact, these 80s is taking place for sure on Tuesday. For sure means nothing's ever for sure in weather, but the European computer model for sure said this. Temperatures going into the mid-80s for southern Illinois on Tuesday and temperatures going into the mid or upper 70s for the Chicago area. That's according to the European computer model. But here is the interesting part. So you would think that if it's in the mid-80s in southern Illinois and let's say mid-70s all the way up to the coast, upper 70s, you know, a little bit further inland, mid-70s right along the beach. So you would think the temperatures gradually decline as you approach Chicago, but it doesn't. The temperatures actually go way down with highs only in the lower 70s in the central part of the state. This is according to the European computer model. And then the temperatures start to warm again as you approach the Chicago area. And the question is why? Why does the European computer model say this? So that's something that needs to be looked into. Because one would think, at first glance, there's a very simple answer. You know, the dew points are probably much higher in the central part of the state. That's where the cornfields are. person drives from Chicago to St. Louis, they will see a lot of cornfields. So we have tons of cornfields, and cornfields increase humidity. The question is, is the corn crop out yet? Probably. There's probably the beginning stages of of the corn crop we're already holding in May. But if you look at the dew point forecast, you don't find such a thing. You find that the dew points are highest in southern Illinois, and dew points gradually go down as you approach the Chicago area. Dew points headed into the low 60s for the Chicago area, upper 50s to low 60s. So there will be a humid feel to the air by Tuesday afternoon. And then southern Illinois will have more than just a humid feel. St. Louis, Missouri dew points going well into the 60s, upper 60s, possibly even 70 degrees. The European computer model shows dew points hitting 69 degrees in St. Louis with temperatures in the mid 80s. This is a summer air mass in the southern south central states into the southern midwest in fact the peak heating this time around in regards to the extended spell of warmth could very well be in missouri eastward the plains might get their warmth cut short by 
probably an additional day than what you would find for areas further east. We have an omega block weather pattern that gets set up over the area today with temperatures going into the 70s and 80s over in the Colorado, Montana, and even with the Wyoming area for this afternoon. An omega block means means the weather pattern is going to look like the Greek letter omega. And what that means is that we're going to have cold air, a trough of low pressure, low pressure on the west coast, low pressure on the east coast, with an omega, the warmth, the ridge, which is where all the warmth is going to be, that's going to be taking place right in between. So we have all this cold air, which we spoke about yesterday. In fact, it's unusual cold, much colder than usual in the upper atmosphere, going all the way down, pretty far down into the southeastern parts of the United States. Yesterday, we were pointing out that there are strong indications that this is in Florida. It is. It certainly was. And we have, in that area, is really on the east coast, the air is just cold in the upper atmosphere. The west coast also, that heat that was on the west coast has moved eastward, and we're dealing with cold conditions in the upper atmosphere in the east coast as well. A cooling trend for Phoenix, Arizona. Yesterday, forecasted highs well into the 90s for Phoenix. We pointed out Sunday hit 100 degrees. And as you go further into the week, temperatures gradually get cooler for the Phoenix area with highs gradually dropping through the 80s. You know, so you have the heat, however, takes place right in between these two cold areas. Very similar to what we had a year ago. But a year ago, probably May 8th or so, we had those temperatures soaring into the 90s over a large part of the Midwest. So a year ago, it was taking place a little bit further east than what's happening this year, and it was significantly stronger. In fact, it was unseasonably strong. That we don't have this year. But eventually, this ridge does make it further east, and by Friday, as we pointed out yesterday, we have temperatures going into the 80s, and even the 90s, by that time you have Oklahoma. Oklahoma's well into it by Friday and even Thursday, but Friday they're well into it. And the 90s, something which pops up on Friday. But this is the part that we have not dealt with, and that's the Chicago area, the local Chicago area, according to the European computer model. We have, as we mentioned yesterday, a continuous lake component to the wind for the rest of this week. And in fact, that even includes Friday. That includes Shabbos. Temperatures might get slightly cooler on Shabbos as winds become northeast instead of southeast. And Sunday... might become a little bit warmer. The real warmth comes in Tuesday, especially for areas near the lake. That's finally when the southwest winds get going. Wednesday, we have the situation becoming a little bit cooler as winds once again become southeast, which is a strange thing because we're going to have to wait a day before the real cool air comes in and that's going to come in on Thursday. So usually we go from southwest winds to northwest winds. Southwest winds ahead of the front. Winds become northwest so the the day right after becomes real warm. That's when the conditions become real cold. But next week the forecast is for there to be a day in between where winds are from the southeast. So for the lakeside areas temperatures are going to be cooler on Wednesday than the rest of the area. But Tuesday, it's really warm everywhere right now. That's right before a storm system moves in, and that's uh, even for West Rogers Park. We're dealing with serious warmth on Tuesday. Last year, this time of the year, the European computer model was so accurate for 
St. Louis, Missouri, for areas like that, away from Lake Michigan, where there's no lake affecting that area, it was almost like a prophecy. So the weather pattern was is the same, very similar this year to last year. One would think that the European computer model should be very accurate this year as well for areas which are not influenced by the complexities of a lake and also for areas which are well entrenched in the warm air. So just to clarify once again, we're under cold airflow for today and tomorrow here in West Rogers Park. Winds will come out of the south on Thursday, but southeast, there's a lake component to the wind. Friday, there's less of a lake component to the wind. Shabbos, there's a much more of a lake component to the wind. In fact, on Shabbos, the cooler air might even move all the way inland. Sunday, there's less of a component to the lake wind. Monday, there's less of a component to the lake wind. Tuesday, there's no lake wind whatsoever. Conditions will be cooler on the water, right at the beach, but only slightly cooler. Wednesday, there is a lake component to the wind. And then Thursday, the cold air. This trailer was updated at the very end of January, 2023. We have two things going on. We have evaporative cooling, and we also have dynamic cooling, and the two are coming together to produce a major snowstorm in the deep south. The only time you could blame cold air on climate change is when it's a result of the stratosphere warming, which is what causes all the Arctic air to come down south. The way to get a six-inch snowstorm here in the Midwest and in the Southern Plains has always been you need three ingredients. It's hard to believe the numbers that are being forecasted. Several additional feet of snow is expected by Monday morning. <gasps> yes! Hey, we have a special guest on our show. Uh, what is your name? Kitabis. 27.1 parametric pressure. Feet of snow are falling in Japan. Oh my gosh. That's a time of celebration. Just Google weather with enthusiasm and they're all going to come up.